welcome back to another episode of the Carlton Rap Podcast. My first podcast back in two weeks. Apologies for no podcast last week. It just became a bit of a busy week with a lot of uni stuff pumping up and some Dragons content that has got a bit more busy than usual. So apologies for missing an episode last week. Of course, I'll sort of talk about both games that have happened over the last two weeks, the Bulldogs game and the Hawthorne game. I wasn't at the Hawthorne game and I didn't really get to watch a lot of it uh, due to the Dragons playing at the same time. was watching bits and pieces as much as I could during it and watched a couple highlights after the game. I just can't watch the full game all over again knowing the score. I just think it takes takes some real diehards to do that. I, I don't know how people can re-watch the whole thing again. I can watch probably the summary version, the KO Minis really help, but I just can't watch the full game start to finish when you know what the score is and it just feels like it's a longer game. But I'll talk about what I you know, what I did see, what I did hear. I was at the Bulldogs game, so I do remember that fairly well. And I guess I'll start at that. I, I sort of went into that and I was so much so much more confident going into that game after winning round one and it was very odd talking to a couple of people from work that were Bulldog supporters and you know they they were saying you know oh look I'm 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 nervous I you know don't want to go oh and two and I'm thinking geez like that's how we've been feeling for the last 10 years and it's just weird to not be in that position and go in and knowing that well at least if we lose we're not oh and two it was very relieving in a sense and I didn't think we'd beat the Bulldogs. I knew we probably had a bit more confidence in them going into that game. Obviously, they didn't really get close to Melbourne in round one. They, Apart from like the eight-goal uh, surge they had in the second quarter, they only kicked two other goals, I think, apart from that. So, they ne- yeah, they didn't really impress too much. And I knew we've sort of had it over them for quite a while now. Just, just in general, they're sort of where we are their bogey team in a way. They always find a way to lose to us. Quite, quite embarrassingly, I would say. I, I think they usually go in thinking they'll knock us off, and then we just sort of run them over. But more about that game, I think first quarter, very, very tight contest to begin with. I thought it was. I thought it was going to be close for the whole game. I, uh, there was nothing really suggesting that either team would, you know, take a hold of the game and get away. At least that was for the first quarter, and I just thought we sort of were a bit sloppy with our chances. I, and, I, and I think we sort of gave Bulldogs a, just kept a minute in that first quarter. I think we were up by 15 with two minutes left, and they kicked, you know, a late goal and. They just, they just kept there. They just kept within the game, which, I mean, that's a trend I'm already seeing, which I'll get on to later. But second quarter, we just, yeah, we did what we did against Richmond in that last quarter, and that type of football really does win us games. Uh, that, that, that does enough most of the time, which is, like, great. It's really good to see that happening, and there's a really set plan now, and it's, it's great to watch. And where yeah, we got ahead... But I still haven't, I'm still not very convinced just in terms of being able to relax and being able to know we're going to win these games. And I, 
you know, I kept saying to my uncle that I was with, I said, you know, this game isn't over. I was like, we need to at least get this to seven or eight goals. And it just, it, it, it sort of finishes the game. I, I don't, And I think a lot of people can agree, whenever the margin stays within six goals or less, the, whoever we're playing is still in that game because we haven't proved yet that getting out to that margin, we can finish team. We can finish the game in the second quarter. And that's really where I think our weakness is at the moment, that we keep teams in the game when they really shouldn't be. And we have the quality to run teams over very quickly, but we're not. Um, so I was sort of expecting a Bulldogs comeback. And I thought we would... I, I was hoping we'd be able to stem it, you know, a bit. And maybe they'd come back a couple goals and we'd get back out to that lead. But it, it was better the way we stemmed their comeback. That took him quite a long time to really get back into the game. I think we sort of kept... Bulldogs kicked two goals and we'd kick one back and we'd just sort of annoy them because they'd start to get in and we'd push away. and We didn't make it easy for them, which is a good sign. It's not, you know, something usually we'd... I mean, at least the past couple of years, we'd probably let a team like that back into the game within a space of 20 minutes. So it was good to at least see we're able to hold teams off now much better than what we used to. Uh, and sort of come three-quarter time, I, look, I don't remember what the score was, but I know it wasn't close, close. It was, I, think it was, I think it was around two or three goals. I think it was 18 points exactly. The sort of the vibe I think a lot of people were feeling is next goal wins and I think Bulldogs got that next goal and I was thinking, yeah, probably not. We're probably going to get run over here just considering the momentum and everything and, Look, Bulldogs didn't take their chances and I, I think, I mean, we didn't get lucky because, you know, we did play good football. It wasn't like we turned up and sort of played average and just got lucky to scrape over. We played good football. We got lucky in a sense that Bulldogs didn't take their chances, but it doesn't mean we didn't deserve to win that game. So it was, you know, a very, oh, I don't know what to say. It was very, very stressful in the stands. Uh I have to give it to the Bulldogs fans. They are much more bearable than Richmond. So it was it was okay. It was it was I was more relieved when that siren went. I just struggled to celebrate after such like a stressful last quarter. You, you like you don't know whether to cheer, like it, you just I don't know. And it was a bit of shock as well. Like two and no hadn't happened for so long that it was just very very crazy to think that like we were winning. We were winning, and that's like that's really sad. That is so sad to say that over the last eighteen years, I that is the statement I say that we're winning. Like that's something I can you know get joy out of. But for yeah, for at least kids my age, we like this hasn't been a thing for us, and at least nothing we can remember. I guess you know like two thousand eleven and twelve. Yeah, we did similar, but. Like, we don't really remember it. Like, we remember some parts, but, like, this is the first time we've understood it and, you know, we've been in the moment much more and it will stick with us. So it was, yeah, it was really good to just walk out of there and, like, I think that game, that Bulldogs game, I think just set sent a message to the rest of the competition that we're at least going to take it up to everyone that we play and sort of not going to give in to that external like pressure where we usually be like ah oh, bulldogs 
you know, they have to beat the Bulldogs to show they're anything and we'd probably lose. But we did take it up to them. We did beat them. And on to the Hawthorne game, I mean, like I said, I, I, I don't want to comment heaps on it just because I don't... I just don't think my opinion would be completely spot on when I hadn't watched the game start to finish. From what, like, the, the way I... This is, this is sort of my story from that day and how, how I perceived that game. I was watching it every quarter time break at the Sandy game and first time I saw it, we were up 18 to 7 or something like that and I thought, yeah, okay, good. Good start, good start. Um... Saw Charlie, kicked a goal, got a good mark. And then the next time I saw it was quarter time, that was 43 to 9, and I thought, not good. Like, this is what we need to do against these sort of teams is just pump them, really. You need, like, a team like Hawthorne, I didn't, I mean, that Port Adelaide game, I don't take that much out of it because you can tell Port aren't any good based off Adelaide just knocking them off the other night. They're well. In all honesty, I I think they're a lot of a load of pretenders. So I'm not surprised that they're doing as bad as they are. But I, Hawthorne is still young. They really didn't match up. Like they don't really match us in the midfield. When you take out O'Meara and Mitchell, they're not a terrific team. They're very young. So we should be able to expose that, and we did, and we did at the start. And I saw 55 to 15, and it just straight away I was like. This is exactly like last week, and we are one or two goals away from finishing this game. And what do we do? We we give them a couple easy goals where they're just out the back. I think it was Bruce. They just sit out the back and wait, and they get one or two easy goals. And in the ground, I'm sure people think, think oh, yeah, just one goal back. Yeah, we'll come back. Like, they're really important. We give teams an opportunity to get back in the game. We give, we give them a sniff. And it's pretty frustrating and I'm sort of sick of not being able to sit back, relax and celebrate when you're 40 points up. I mean, I understand the game's changing where momentum swings are much more prominent now than they ever used to be. But it's Hawthorne. I can accept that more against Melbourne, Bulldogs, those sort of teams. But it's Hawthorne. That's a team that when they're 40 points down should accept they're going to get smashed. But we kept them in it. We gave them a chance. And I don't know. That was just frustrating. That's the thing. I don't want to, you know, I, I can't pick out individuals who didn't perform well, etc. Because I didn't watch enough to comment on that. I think what was just, I think it's just a bit worrying that we keep letting these teams back into the game. And, and in all honesty, I don't think teams will take us seriously until we show that we can smash teams and I don't think we've been able to do that since 10 years ago that was probably the last time I remember us like killing teams and uh, that 2012 period you know that that Collingwood game that's like that's a key example we don't do that anymore and we haven't done it for a long time at least consistently there've been you know one or two games where we've you know won by a good margin but there hasn't, you know, there's there's games coming up like North Melbourne especially. North Melbourne, you cannot go into that game and think, geez, I hope we just get over the line. You need to go in and you've seen what Brisbane do, like you've seen what Brisbane have done to them. I can't remember who else they play. I mean, even Hawthorne, 
they they you know they sort of dominated that game even though they didn't win by much they dominated but we're a team who should go in and smash a team like that and especially when you know this team should make finals at least with the start they've had I didn't have as much confidence going to the start of the year but now based off just form we should make finals I wouldn't say comfortably, but there's no reason why it shouldn't be comfortable from now on when you've won a quarter of the games you sort of need to to get into finals. Assuming the average is about 12 wins to get in, they need nine more wins in the space of 19 more rounds or however many left. So this is where, you know, percentage matters and it's important we beat these teams by a lot, and that's why it did frustrate me that we only won by a point. I, you know, that was a really important game just to really make a statement. I mean, three and zero is a, you know, great statement, but it just frustrates me. So I mean, maybe it's just because we've been smacked around by Hawthorne for ages, and I, it's sort of that factor that I just want to return the favor to them. But it was a bit disappointing. I'll sort of go through a couple of plays stats. Um, Doherty had another great game, 33 touches. I mean, he's killed it since he came back, and it's surprising. I, 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 I mean, I don't know what his body went through during that time, but he's just come back, and his fitness, his, his just skill level has stayed really high up, which is just terrific for this team to feed off that energy. Walsh, another good game from the looks of it. I, I mean, he... Seemed to be lively from what I saw. Thirty-two touches. Played, played as he usually does. Uh, Cripps thirty-one touches. Kennedy thirty. Hewitt twenty-eight. Williams twenty-seven. So quite a lot of people. Uh, quite a lot of players in the high range of disposals, which is very. It's it's very interesting because I don't think we've had that sort of versatility and that spread of you know results for a long time where you can pick on five or six different players to have had that many touches. Well, moving on to goal kickers overall. Kerno Silvani three. It's it's I, I'm personally surprised with Kerno. I didn't think he'd have the impact he's had since I mean like I since he came back from that injury I didn't think he'd have this big of an impact, sort of what I saw from the practice games, at least gave me the impression that he he would be a bit more under the radar and be more of a roving type player than a, a jumper and you know a, a very contested player. But he's he's but he's come back strong and he is it's still a bit a different type of player. It's not the same Kerno. It's it, he's he moves around much better than I think what he used to and he's he's getting himself in the positions he knows he can nail very well and he's converting he's converting very well I'm not sure what his total is for the season I did see a uh, what was it a graphic on Mackay, Kerno and Silvani 20 goals 21 goals combined over the first three rounds which is that's I mean, there's not much to comment on that. It's just really, really good to see that we're clicking and things are working so well. And it's like, it's so, it's really surprising. I'm, I'm like, I don't know what to say sometimes purely because I'm so used to, in all honesty, giving them, giving them shit for what the, like the crap football they've been playing. So 
yes, I look at it and I think there's no way that's actually happening, but it is. Uh, Silvani is just fantastic. He's, I, I don't know, I, th- I think he's one of the most underrated players in the AFL. It's hard to say because I don't really know what a lot of people think of him outside of the Colton world because I think our views are obviously much more biased. But he's just always stands up when you need him to and he does his job extremely well. Obviously, he's trained hard on that half-forward role over the uh, over the preseason. I think he sort of spent a lot more time on the wing and pushing, like pushing up a lot more last year, whether that was just a tactical thing from Teague or he'd sort of wanted to play there, but I don't think he would have wanted to play where he was playing last year. He just looks a lot more comfortable and a lot more willing to take the game on in positions that he thinks he's got a chance from. Whereas last year, he sort of looked a bit uncomfortable in the way he was running, in the way he was jumping and sort of kicking. Uh, it just didn't seem didn't seem like himself at times. And even though he was still doing his role amazingly, just he just looked like he wanted something better, some better, you know, better delivery of the ball. And he's taken those chances this year and he's converting really well. So he kicked three and three for the day, Harry kicked two, I don't think I've seen Harry's goals, or at least I can't remember it, remember them, and Cripps, Durden, Owies with one each, I uh, saw Durden and Owies goals, Durden's a very smart footballer, and I remember watching him last year in the reserves, and he's just, he'll bring physicality and put so much pressure on the opposition's defence that, more like, more often than not, he'll probably pressure you into turn over, turning it over and get a goal out of it. So he's been really good in the forward pocket. And always, always he's he's another one. He, he does, just does his job right. And I don't even, like, I don't personally think always is a, like, insanely great footballer. He just does his role really well and, and, and sort of reads the ball well enough where he doesn't he can either lead and provide a pretty good small forward option or he'll wait for the ball to drop. And he works well with Durden and they're sort of in sync in the way they run, the directions they're running and they find very good, they're very good outlets for the midfielders and just the smaller half forwards when the ball drops. Uh, Look, I don't know with Chera, what I saw, I think he, I don't think he played great and maybe it's a completely terrible call, but, I was like, just at least the highlights I saw weren't really good at all. So I'm, I sort of get the impression that he didn't have a terrific game. So I'll have a look at his. Uh, he had seventy eight percent disposal efficiency, so that's not his best, I don't think. But from what I gathered, I don't think it was a terrific game. I, I'm not sure where else to go from this, only because I just didn't watch enough of the game to get a good idea and comment a lot on it. I'll talk about that last quarter. Uh, look, I turned it on. And I knew Hawthorne were coming back. I think I watched when we were up by uh, 20, 20 something, 20 something in the fourth quarter. I think it was, you know, 13, maybe 15, 16 minutes to go. And uh, Lockie O'Brien, look, I look. I know he's been 
doing okay stats-wise, and if you look at his stats, there's nothing to actually argue that he doesn't deserve a spot in the team. But even from the Bulldogs game, and I can't comment on the Hawthorne game, but the Bulldogs game, he's just a very lazy player in terms of manning up, putting in second efforts, which I, I, I've heard that, you know, heard stats that he's, you know, he's running is great, in it, but there's just times where he just gives up very easily and doesn't, and lets his opponent run around him quite easily, which is just frustrating. It's just another dumb thing he did on Sunday in that last quarter. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe it was Jack, oh, Hewitt. It was Hewitt who kicked it into him on 45 metres directly in front. And look, maybe he wouldn't make the distance. Uh, I don't know what his range is. I would assume when you, you know, sort of run off the mark and curl around, you probably wouldn't be able to gain enough momentum to kick that distance. But it was a really stupid idea to kick to Jack, who, yes, he was in great form at the time, like, you know, great form during that game. But to kick to someone who's got a two-on-one, really not much better of a kick. He's more on an angle. It was just a terrible kick. And it forced a turnover. Hawthorne went down the other end, kicked a goal, three goals. And I, and I sort of thought, yep, this is where Hawthorne make their move and finish his game off. And I thought that let us let them back into the game, but that's just personally probably my dislike towards O'Brien. But it was just another thing, of course, I noticed that really annoyed me. Just just a football smart scene. I, I just I just don't know why you would do that in that type of scenario with that lead. It was an easy opportunity to soak up thirty seconds and at least get the ball to the goal line, where we would have had a good chance with our tools to get a mark but moving on and then Hawthorne oh, they kicked I think Wingard kicked one from memory and then I was watching when the Bruce goal went in and look I was not very happy at that point uh, It I I was very very confident we'd choked that game and we'd lost and I was already giving giving it up at that point I was just frustrated. It's just it's just the Hawthorne thing because we've always got smacked by them for the last ten years. We've they just always find a way to beat us, at least until last year. But I just thought, here we go. Like this is going to be the worst week because all the pressure, all the media is going to be on us. And I was worried just for our confidence, just mentally I thought it would kill us because the players would think, oh, yeah, great, we're back again. Like, this is that brand of football from last year that has lost, you know, losing us games and letting teams back into it. But it was probably lucky. I, and I'm actually surprised that I'm pretty sure it was 14 and a half minutes left when Bruce put them in front by point. For there to only be two more goals for the rest of that game is extremely surprising. And yes, I guess both teams become extremely defensive-minded in that, in the context of the game. But I'm very surprised we got over the line. That that Silvani goal, I still couldn't celebrate it. And maybe it's just because I wasn't amongst that crowd and you know that atmosphere. But it was. I just thought, yeah, look, this still isn't enough. Hawthorne have the momentum, but it did help more than I thought originally. And it was probably just because of the mood I was in. But that Silvani goal did settle us a lot because I do think if we'd went down 
by a goal, I think that would have been done for us. I don't think we would have been able to come back from a goal down. And then I sort of had a bit more confidence when, ah, oh, was it? Can't remember who kicked the point, but it put us up by seven points. And it was one of those handy point scenarios where I was a bit comfortable because I thought, look, there's four minutes here. Hawthorne have to kick at least one goal and then they have to get another entry. So it was a tough scenario and they did kick one goal in the three minutes 20 and I thought, yep, cool, why did I even bother thinking we have we could hold on but they're probably still going to kick another Hawthorne. And then Jacob Wiedering came to the rescue and saved us and I, I that, that mark was enough to settle me. But I still was really like... I don't know why, I just sort of, for the next 30 minutes, wasn't happy with that win. Uh, I'm like, it's probably that losing mentality of just like being sick of getting up by that much and just failing, but I didn't know what to think. I just think we could have done, there was just so much potential in that game to do a lot more with it in a sense, and I know we were losing a lot of players and it wasn't our best team, but I. it's just... It's just a bit frustrating. I think no team should be up by 40 points and not win by that type of margin unless you're Collingwood. But yeah, it was it was just a bit disappointing to win just by a point. And, and it, it probably sounds really like obnoxious that that's my mentality. But, you know, good sides win by heaps and they dominate and they kill teams. And that's their mentality. And I think I just want it to happen where we just win by a lot each week. But I guess we're still not there. And I think I just have to accept that we're not at that level yet where we can put teams away. And when we are, then I think we're a genuine threat. But either way, we're still 3-0. And that's really important. That's that's a great place to be after three rounds because we're definitely not used to it. We, you know, we've been... I don't know. We were 1-2 and two last year. We got that win against uh, Frio on Easter Sunday and the year before we beat Geelong in Geelong which I that was that's still one of my best actually to be fair I forgot about that game but that was one of my favourite wins in a while um, and we were one and two so we've been one and two after around three twos in a row and any time before that I'm not going to think too hard about it but it's it's great. We're third after three rounds, and even our reserves are playing well, and they're first after two rounds. And it's early on in the season, but it's it's just really important for the confidence because look at the bottom end of the table, and you've got a team like Essendon who have lost their first three games, and their VFL have lost their you know first two games, and there's there's nothing, there's no energy generated around that club because you know what what have you got to you know bounce off? Nothing because you, you you're losing. No one's winning around that club, whereas we've got at least a winning mentality around the club for the moment, and we can only hope it continues. Uh, look forward to round four quickly. Uh, Gold Coast up at Metricon. It's 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 a bit of a danger game, just purely because Gold Coast had a pretty disappointing loss. I don't think they're a, um, a bad team at all. I, I think they've definitely got a very competitive side, uh, whether they're like going to win a lot. I, I don't think they're there just yet, um, but they've definitely got a very competitive side, probably similar to our 2020 team who 
we we knew any opponent we played, we would have we were going to be in the game, but we never really had that killer instinct, or just that ability to get over the line in the end. Uh, and that's where I think Gold Coast are at at the moment. They knocked off Eagles in round one. They lost uh, in round two. I can't remember who they lost oh, to the D's, and they and they put up with the D's for four quarters, which is really impressive. So that's why I think they're they they are there. That team is set they're just developing and I think they just need a bit more maturity but you know in saying that I still think they're going to take it to any team they can and I think this will be a really really tough game and I wouldn't be surprised if Gold Coast get us you know in our in our bad moments I think it's just I think the mentality Voss has is get get on top early and that's what we've seen we get ahead by a lot and unfortunately, we let teams back in. But it's better than getting behind and then having to work our way back, which was the trend of last year. So we've reversed that in a way, which I much prefer this year than last year. But I don't think Gold Coast will let that happen just because they'll they'll know what to expect. They'll know we'll bring it to them early and try to get ahead. But I think it's important we just, you know, we just keep pushing them and putting some scoreboard pressure on mounting it on them. It'll be pretty fun midfield matchup. I mean, they've got such a young midfield group. You've got your your Rows, Noah Anderson. I love their halfbacks, your Jack Lacocious is um yeah, I, you know, I love Gold Coast their youth at the moment. And I think they'll build up to be quite a good team eventually. Um, as as long as they don't lose uh lose any of those young players, I think they've actually built at least drafted the necessary players to get some success. Um, but I, I think it's just important that we at least at least put some scoreboard pressure on them. Uh, actually, I don't know where that I where I was going with that one, but I'm just I, I'm I don't want to get too optimistic because I it's I'm still scarred unfortunately, and I'm hoping. We go four and zero, and it would be so so good to go four and zero. And you take that into a team like Port Adelaide, who will most likely go in zero and four. So it'll be a great game to watch. I think. I think people will probably look at that fixture and think uh, Gold Coast Carlton, no thanks. But no, I'm I'm pretty excited to watch it. I think it'll be a great game, start to finish. I'm hoping for no more close finishes. Um, I'm a bit sick of them at this point. But let me know your thoughts. Tell me what you think will happen this round. Do we go 4-0? Oh, do we not? Um, I'll give my prediction. I will say Carlton by... I'll say Carlton by 7. I do think it will be a close game. I just think... If this, isn't, if this was in Melbourne, I think we'd win quite comfortably. But over there, it's a bit different. And we always seem to get lured into really close finishes on the Gold Coast. That's my prediction. Let me know what you think the score will be, your margin, your prediction. Let me know your thoughts of the season so far, what you've thought of our structure, the mentality, Voss, Crips, any player in general, let me know. But until then, hope everyone has a great week and go Blues.